Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. You know those occasions when you meet someone and in that instant, you just know that this person's gonna change your life in a way? Well, my next guest is one of those people. Kiana Sanders and I met in the halls of a corporate office. And upon that introduction, we somehow both knew that we were gonna be friends for a really long time and that we'd guide each other and change through many chapters. I'm honored and excited to introduce you to the one, the only, the incredible Kiana Sanders. All right. Good morning, Kiana. Good morning, Bill. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It is great to have you on the show. It has been a long time coming. Um, and I, firstly, I wanted to start off by saying happy Friday, happy Black History Month. And yeah, like we're just going to have a, a, a conversation long time in the making. Um, and I'm super excited to welcome you and have you share your story and all of its dimension and healing and growth and change and yeah sure. i'm just really excited to 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 welcome you to the show and and as a friend and a colleague and um yeah welcome to coffee and change Woo! i'm so excited to be here thank you uh for for having me and yes, happy Black History Month. Um, I just am so grateful to to be here and to be in community with you, uh, to be in, you know, a spot of leadership and change with you, right? And to be a thought partner with you. So I, I'm just so grateful that you have this platform. Um, I am a fan, <laughs> not only a listener, but a fan. <laughs> So, yes, I'm so excited uh, to share both with you and uh, the broader audience more about me and my career and, you know, moments of change in my life and what I've learned from those moments and what more the future is to hold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that so much. And I'd love for us to start in a place of, of story, of origin right of 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 who we are and and one of the things that i really love about the friendship that we've built over the years is i think when we first met both of us saw each other for all of who we were 
the instant that we met. And that's a rare occasion in life where people can sort of see that in an instant. Um, and we, we never strayed from there. And that's what's been really great about this friendship and this companionship. And so let's start off with sort of the, the story of Kiana. Um, like, tell us about Kiana and, and who Kiana is. And, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Yes. All right. So Kiana, the story of Kiana. Oh my goodness. Uh, the story of Kiana. And before we even go there, definitely want to give a disclaimer that I reference a lot of Lisa Nichols sometimes. Lisa Nichols, uh, who wrote the book Abundance Now, which I love. So many of her, her principles have helped guided me through my life of change. <laughs> so the life of Kiana, oh my goodness. Well, it really started as a young, as a youngster. And, you know, what was so beautiful about my transformation is that, you know, um, I started out really finding myself as a classically trained violinist. And so that was one of the first moments where I felt that I belonged somewhere. Um, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, as a, you know, Black, young, gay boy, it was really, really difficult to really navigate many of those waters. Um, I found myself feeling as if I was demotivated. Uh, many of that was because sometimes demotivated people demotivate others, right? And so it, it really became this, this, you know, issue for me where, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? And so music was that first. And so you'll see this theme of where do I go so I can feel like I can belong and where I can start to go to feel like I also can thrive. From there, uh, I then found myself. So let's fast forward, you know, through college where if I had the language, then I would have identified myself as non-binary. Um, I stopped wearing boys clothes right around that age um, in college. But again, difficult for me to navigate. Um, and then after that, that's when I started to transition into the corporate world. I started my career in banking. And that is really where I started to tell myself, are you really happy with who you are? Because I found myself going to work as one identity and then I left work as a different identity. Having to consistently do this, you know, change every day was, it, it was so taxing, right? So then the next level of change in my life is when I found Kiana. And so that's where the journey of Kiana officially started because I'm going to say officially with the name change and all, but she was always there. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then once I found Kiana, I was like, wow, if I can rediscover myself, I can rediscover my career. So then that's when I transitioned my career. Uh, I did a stint about five years in banking and I did a few different front office and back office roles, but I was never, I never felt that I was really valued. Maybe a portion of that was as I was navigating my trans identity, I felt that, okay, if I'm not going to be celebrated for how I identify, maybe I'll be celebrated with what I know. I don't go with that same type of thinking, but we're talking 2013 here. And yeah. so that's when I found data. And then, you know, music has a lot of patterns. Music actually has a bit of math with it. And so I, I never knew that, wow, these two things actually 
correlate with one another. And so I just started to learn about all these different things and data. And I just got so interested. And now here I am today where it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And, and I'm so grateful to be able to be so proud of who I am in terms of how I identify, but then also be able to correlate that back to who I am in my career. So that, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> I very much appreciate you anchoring us in the starting place, which was music. That's so, so important because I mean, many people who have listened to this show, my story, portions of my story know that music plays a huge, yes. huge role in my life. And and That's the other right. thing which I love about the way you described it was, uh, you, you know, you were a classically trained violinist. And, you know, anybody who's played an instrument knows that when you're in that zone with that instrument, you are one, you are, you are making, you are receiving you are creating you are collating you it's just it's just a beautiful experience of belonging and nothing comes close to it um and so i love the fact that you began your story in something that is so universal and at the same time like you said it's mathematical it's patterns it's it's the language that everybody speaks um but sometimes we forget those lessons and 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 as you as you explained in your chapters of story, right? We forget ourselves a lot because we're forced to, right? We're forced to um, confine to systems where we say, hang on a second. I, I know I'm here. I know people tell me I'm here. I know they say this is community and belonging, but I don't feel anything like belonging. So what, how do I get back to that? And I think that's something that everybody goes through in their life. But, but the perspective of being, you know, a young, gay, black boy in Detroit, and navigating all of that in the time, like you said, when we didn't have language, the language we have now, in in some form, I wonder from you, you know, you were leading change before you even knew what leading change was. And so as you reflect back yeah. on that, what, I mean, what would Kiana say to that young boy then knowing what she knows now? That's a really great question. I would say to that young boy, I would say that continue to stay curious because that curiosity is something that our society wants to dampen, right? So often we'll find ourselves, and, and you know, let, let's take it, you know, in a broader context. When we think about fear, fear grants us the avoidance, which is a which is a survival tactic, right, as a human, right? So once we know about something that we should fear, then we avoid it and so on and so forth. But curiosity and then acting on those curiosities could give you the abundance that you have been missing from your life. And so for many years, I'd never acted on these curiosities or just to even wonder what these things looked like. And mm -hmm. so if I were to be talking to that little boy, I would say act on those curiosities because it is gonna unlock your greatest potential um, take your time with you 
trying to navigate these waters, but your convenience and your conviction does not stay on the same street. And that's going to be a tough one for you to learn over and over again. That is a line from Lisa Nichols that truly transformed my life in 2017. But you may have to relocate yourself. You may have to relocate your minds. You may have to relocate the ways of which you work, think, act, play in order for you to completely rediscover and find out what you actually deserve in this life. But at the ground of it is that curiosity. Can I be? How can I be? Right. No one around me. I know I've never to this day. I'm sure we are out there and hopefully I can continue to inspire. We can continue to inspire the next generation of LGBTQ plus leaders and other, you know, uh, leaders as well. But, you know, being visible. Right. Is my superpower. And then creating that greater access unlocks that curiosity. I was in that box of. I'm a young black gay boy from Detroit and I feel valuable because I'm very good at the violin. That was my story. It never went beyond that. And I lived in that circle for many years. It's, it, it was the yes, but I am this, but I'm vi- I, I should be valuable for this. And then at the beginning of my transition, I'm trans, but I'm really good at data. It was always this, you know, but statement, this if, if then statement, right? Mm-hmm. When actually it's really this Boolean operator where it's the and. You deserve to be this and that simultaneously. And that is your specific fingerprint that makes you so beautiful and so, you know, that's just really what makes you you in this life, right? So I'll kind of pull up there, mm-hmm. but I, that's a lot of advice to I be love. giving someone so young. But I would really be saying all these things, yes. Yeah. I, first of all, let me just like snaps yeah. to the Boolean operator. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> speaking my language here um, to all the uh-huh. you know all the nerds and tech tech people out there, they just. Yeah. They just stood up and went, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but life um, isn't always like structured data, right? It's not. Sometimes life is unstructured data. Sometimes it's more qualitative. But that's where the curiosity starts. And it should never stop, right? So that's another one for my techies out there. <laughs> but, you know, just lean into that curiosity. And that curiosity is what got me into data. I mean, we're talking a hard pivot from music and that I ended up getting my master's in data at science, which, by the way, was a moment of affirmation because I got my undergrad in my debt name or in my given name, as we'll call it in, our, in, the, in the community. But then to graduate firm and being so affirming in that moment, that meant a lot. That's actually why that's my screensaver, because I go back to that girl saying, like, remember that moment. How can you replicate that mm-hmm. moment for others around you? Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful, really. I mean, it's it's so visceral, like you're, you're painting this picture that I think people can literally close their eyes and understand, you know, even something as simple as you just walk through it's it's complex and i think people really need to understand it which is your undergrad was given to you in your given name your master's degree That's was right. given to you in your chosen family name walk us through that That's like right. i have chills listening to you say that talk us talk to us about that like when people think about mm-hmm. whether they've got mm-hmm. a sibling or a niece or a nephew 
that are yes. that are in yes. that world and understand like talk to us about that yes my undergrad came from a place of this is what i was told i should do and you know, I was very grateful to have received my scholarship from Michigan State University, and I studied with the world-renowned Walter or Doctor Walter Fredier. Um, You know, and in my four years, I never rediscovered, I never researched, I never was curious. But you know, I knew that I wanted to go into business, but I didn't know. And then before I knew it, I graduated. Never did an internship. Never figured out what the business world looked like. Never even knew what. I thought at the time computer science was about building websites. That's all I knew, right? Um, and then once I navigated my transition, right? Once I went there, I rediscovered me and then I rediscovered my possibilities and then my possibilities rediscovered my future and then that could rediscover my legacy. That is why my master's was so different because that was the chosen degree. I, I chose that regardless of what anyone thought. I chose that. I chose Boston University. I went out there and I did that. And I bet completely on my new transformation of who Kiana could then become. I wasn't thinking about who I was. I was thinking completely about what I could become. And then how does that start to transpire and matriculate across so many people's stories, right? You know, maybe there is another, you know, young Black, you know, boy or, you know, person, you know, who is gender nonconforming. And, you know, they're like, you know, what are my possibilities? What what could I do in, in a career? And how can I support myself, right? At least I could be an example. And knowledge is power. Right. Like, you yeah. knowing, you seeing is a possibility. And so I, mm-hmm. I really align mm-hmm. that to my to my greater good of what I do, you know, every single day. But that is how we got there. That is how I got, you know, to Michigan State in a demotivated place. And I felt that violin was the only thing that got me to feeling valuable to now then going to Boston University saying, I know that I'm capable of so much greater So I'm going to surround myself. I'm going to relocate my mind, relocate what I thought was old me to then birth the new me. I had to get into a new environment and it was completely foreign Mm -hmm. to me. But if I transition my identity, I know I can transition my career. I could transition my mindset. I knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you, when you took that, new possibility, right? So, such, so fertile with curiosity and that data science master's degree. I mean, I believe very similar to the way people don't, people who, who are influenced and impacted by music never see the world the same again. I imagine it's the same with data science and data management. Mm -hmm. So when you emerged with that degree in data science and you took on your career, how did you see the world at the time? And and remind us what what year this was, kind of what was going on in the world at the time. And then I'd yeah. love to like walk through some of those chapters of career. Yeah, absolutely. So I remember when I was working at a credit union and I was managing a call center, I firmly, again, this is, okay, I found myself and now I'm just going to go after it, right? Because what, what's the worst that's going to happen? I got to go after it. And if I fail, I'll just get back up, right? 
I mean, I had to stand in front of a judge and actually explain why I want to change my name. I think I can go in front of a hiring manager and say, I deserve to be here. <laughs> Even though I may not have all the skills, but I know what I should know. And this is how I could solve the problem. Anyway, so I was at the credit union and I was managing a call center and I was not challenged and I was around an environment that did not want to be challenged, right? We are, I think we probably know some of those environments. Well, I had a full presentation about how data is the future. This is 2015 and that this is really the birth of AI models and machine learning and what it can do, you know, to advance, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? And I said, we don't even have a demand planner. We don't have a forecasting analyst. When we think about staffing, when we think about, you know, all of our call center metrics, right? We like that, that was never in their world at all at the time, but I saw it first as an opportunity. And so I pitched it as a role and they said, graciously, no, we don't need that. That's not something that we need. And I said, okay. And so sometimes, again, coming from a demotivated place, no can mean, well, why? Well, why no? Well, I'm angry about that. I took that no as an opportunity. And I said, you know what? That's just not the environment that I need to be. So that means that, again, I was was fine. I was doing really well, right? I was up for promotion there and I was doing all the great things, but I knew I needed to be challenged. And they weren't going to challenge me in those ways. That's actually the prompt that got me to go back to school because I wanted my Mm. universe to change. I wanted to be consumed by it. So if we go back to your earlier point around music and how you just really sit with it, you start to learn about it. I took that same mindset to learn something completely new because it is the language, right? It's a completely new language for me. Well, if I can translate in treble clef and alto clef and bass clef, then why can't I translate in SQL and translate in Python and translate in R or Tableau or Power BI or DAX, right? Like these are all things that are available because I've done it once. Maybe it was on one side of my brain, but why can't it unlock the other side? I already did this. So that is the same type of learning that I took into the program. And I excelled and, mm-hmm. and I was really, really shocked because I was like, wow, I wish I knew about this potential earlier, but that was because my curiosity got cut off at such a young age. And that's mm-hmm. okay. We learned. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so powerful just hearing you remind us that a no is an invite to another possibility. That's right. That's right. It's a complete and, invite know, for, to a possibility. Yeah, I, I just I just think it's so interesting because we're we're kind of in this really interesting time and in this world right now where there's a lot of um, polarity, right? There's a lot of like you said, it's not uh, an if that you know the world is not made up of of clean if then statements. The world is made up of a lot a lot of That's Boolean right. operator data sets mm-hmm. and. And still, I think the pressures that we get on ourselves in life, in career, in society is to be forced to pick a this or a that. And what's really interesting to mm-hmm. me, and I think musically you you understand this as well, is it's like saying that we're only ever going to play things in C sharp, right? Or 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 we're, or we're only ever going to yeah. be on the scale. It would it would be we would 
be so sad, right? We would we would we would lack right. for all of the symphonies and creations and the the music that some people consider noise and other people consider, you know, arias. Um, and yes. I recently was watching a documentary um, on Lil Nas X, and yeah. his story is so powerful in so many ways because he started from a place of, like you said, convenience and conviction cannot live on the same street. And he started in a place of conviction because that's how he was surviving. And that's how he started his journey. And when the world then came to him and said, we love that you are a con, con, you know, convicted, not convict, but like convicted uh, individual who's showing the world your superpowers and your talent. We love that about you until it got to a place and a point where others said, well, now this is inconvenient for me. So please stop that and go be convenient. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting for me is, and you and I have talked a little bit about this Mm -hmm. because in our careers, it's been, it's been um, an interesting walk. I discovered Lil Nas X, truly. I mean, I heard of him, but I discovered him in terms of being such a fan of his music in um, mm-hmm. in 2021. And that's when his album came out. And, uh, you know, even his yeah. even his story of being Montero and the legacy of Montero and long live Montero and to Lil that's Nas X, right. his his transition, his journey is so fascinating because like you said, it's about identity and who we are. And I didn't realize at the time, but that album was so critical and pivotal for me because I was shifting. I was making a transition from consulting to industry. Mm-hmm. Now, it just happened that the song Industry Baby was big at the time and I loved playing it. <laughs> I loved, you know, getting pumped up to it. Yes. But watching that documentary recently gave me such appreciation for the levels of complexity that every single human, especially those that are creators, have to go through Mm -hmm. when it's conviction that gets us our power. And it's convenience at times that allows us to stay among people with power. Mm. But often we have to give up our power to do that. That's right. That's right. And as a musician, I'm always looking for the harmony. So it's difficult, right, when I find something so harmonious and it all sounds so sweet, but then the discourse will come and I now have to account for that. So in music terms, the time measures might change. The key might change, right? You may think that, okay, you're playing a Beethoven passage and now you're going completely into Dvorak where are two completely different time periods of these two different classical, mm-hmm. you know, artists, right? But that's what makes, you know, life, life is so full of these syncopated rhythms. You know, we talk about syncopation a lot in music, right? Like that, that was something that I really had to learn. Um, But sometimes those syncopations will then land you to a new area 
of just beautiful music, beautiful opportunities, and just greater ways for you to grow. And yeah, in my career, I was really thinking I was on this sequential guide. After I got my master's, I was on a sequential guide of like, wow, okay, I did this. And then next you go there, then next you go here. And then you land at your landing spot and you're just doing all the great things in that one landing spot. And then once that landing spot, you know, dissipates because of business reasons or a shift in a reorg or whatever, you know, so on and so forth, it becomes really difficult because you then realize, wow, life is just not that sequential. Mm -hmm. But then the universe watches out for you in such a beautiful way where maybe as you reflect, maybe I was just too convenient. And again, my what I'm convicted to do is not going to be in the mm -hmm. same block of where my convenience was. Right. When you're really truly destined for, for that greatness, right? Every day, every week, it's probably going to feel like, wow, I'm like really having to go out there and learn, right? Just being in my new environment every day, I'm so accelerated to learn about something new in AI or something new in Gen AI. And it's like always on for me. But I, over the years, I've just realized that I've been sort of asking for this. And I guess I never really realized that's what I was asking for because I would just always find myself getting bored. I'm like, okay, well, what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? Even when I would go back to practicing, oh my goodness, I would master this piece. I remember going from playing Mary Had a Little Lamb to the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto. Now I'm doing this at a competitive you know, way. I, like these are all the things of that I'm kind of unlocking in my potential. So uh, as a takeaway for that, and as I reflect, you know, it's not about necessarily being comfortable, but it's about where am I supposed, where am I supposed to thrive and where am I supposed mm -hmm. to figure out that environment to help support that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and that's always a question that we should be revisiting and reconsidering and reflecting on. And I think yes. one of the interesting, interesting things about both, both our walks in life was that we probably met in a place that honestly we shouldn't have met, right? If you think about where we met in the industry at the time in consulting, right? Yep. It's almost a miracle that our paths crossed when they did. Yeah. Yes. And I think I think back to that and when you made that pivot into consulting, it was probably very similar in the sense that you probably had flashbacks to the data center where you saw the potential and you saw the power and you saw the possibilities and you said to them, this is what we can be. This is what we can do. I'm curious, what was that like when you shifted into consulting? Because that is such a unique culture. And we now know it very, very well, having been in it and now being, you know, beyond it, and then still part of it in so, in so many ways, you know, just different chapters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you when you shifted into consulting initially? What were the best parts of it? And then what did you learn about yourself in those environments, seeking out that harmony as you described so beautifully? Mm, I love that. Yeah, so the better half of my career was spent in industry, right? Just 
balancing through a, a few different financial services uh, providers. Um, and once I landed into consulting, I said, wow, this is a really different world because it just operates at such a fast, it just operates at a very fast pace because you're consistently shifting around and you're consistently learning and that learning just accelerates and accelerates and accelerates and accelerates. And so I would just say the amount of learning and the amount of how the application of that learning then therefore turns into results for clients. That has been so transformative because it is just the opportunity to be able to understand just so many environments and how they're applying so many of these, you know, statistical techniques, or they have a data warehousing issue, or they have to do a transformation from on-prem to going into the cloud, doing the data migration, like all those things are so different. And then again, you're doing this across industries, the functions are different. Versus when you're in industry, you know, for me at least, it was you're in a particular team or you serve in the CIO organization. And it's always that one, you know, set of clients that you're serving, right? So long term, it could be fun. But then, you know, it's the learning opportunities where after a while, I'm like, okay, well, what, what else could I also be learning? But there's pros and, you know, cons to, to both sides. Um and so when I came in, the biggest challenge, I came in as completely as a technical person. Like I just knew the technical pieces, but the storytelling took a while. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for consulting to help me be able to package a story. I remember my first presentation, it looked pretty, but I literally had to say, I am so nervous. I am so sorry please let me restart. And I had to reclaim that. And it was interesting because the chief strategy officer that I was presenting to kept saying that about me. He's like, well, I've never seen someone just reclaim their power the way that you did. And I said, okay, this is a learning. Okay. I don't feel as embarrassed, but good on him for actually helping me feel, you know, included, empowered and such. And you know, where I am today, you know, as I am still in the consulting industry, you know, it, it's just being on the brink of change and then being able to guide clients through that, right? Um, oftentimes, I, I, while I really appreciate, you know, a back office operation and an operation to keep things going, because th those are very, very critical pieces to a business, it's exciting to be a bit on the proactive piece of like, wow, we have this new thing. What do we do with it? We have generative AI. What do we do with that? Show us how we could do that in our environment. Why? What is the use case? Why Why does it matter? And so really getting into the, the minds of the C-suite and understanding what they are thinking about and showing it in action is, has also been really exciting. An adjustment, but it's been exciting. So I would say, yeah, in, in a full package there, I, I enjoy with where I am today. And I want to increase the representation of more of that too, right? So it's going back to the, are we able to create greater spaces for the role that we've now carved for others that come you yeah. know, behind us? Yeah, yeah that, <clears throat> that makes me think so much about, I mean, you said like learning and storytelling in there. And what, what is so beautiful to me is, is, that example that you shared about reclaiming your power and and it was done it seems like 
<clears throat> it was done in such a graceful way that it almost surprised the people that were in the room that watched it happen in uh -huh. admiration, right? In true admiration for like, wow, yeah. you just gave yourself the grace to say, I'm going to start again. And that's right. That makes me think about that makes me think about loss and grief a little bit, right? And how much we mm -hmm. don't allow ourselves to say, I'm gonna allow myself to start again. I'm gonna give myself the opportunity to face loss or grief or change, because that's essentially what change is, right? There are many doses of loss and grief. Yes. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about the walk that we did with each other. Right. And, 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 you know, what that what that was like as we went through some losses together in life. That's right. That's right. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? I, so what I really loved is that, you know, last summer was really hard because I was impacted by layoff by layoffs. And it was really difficult because I was in a place where not only was I, you know, in a comfortable, convenient place. I was also in a place where this was the first time in my career where I had ever come out. It was the first time in my career, you know, where I firmly, boldly shared that hidden identity of myself, right? Looking at me, a woman, assumed woman, right? And I'm also African-American. So those are things that you can see. But I never double clicked and allowed for that double click to really come front and center. And so, you know, at that place of where I was, it was really, really hard for me to start to move away because I had gotten so comfortable with all of me and doing all the things that I had ever wanted to do, right? I still remember getting my offer and I just cried because I was like, wow, like I'm I'm here and you know they're supporting me through my gender confirmation surgery and it's such an affirming place, right? And so I was like, of course I don't wanna go. <laughs> you know, I, I grew such an attachment, but what does that then leave you when that place says, okay, you know, business decision was made and now you're off to, you know, other pastures. Well, it, there's a, a level of trauma that happens, um, but also there's a level of community because you're not the only, but then there's a level of intimacy that I think that could be missing. And that's why I'm so grateful to have you in my corner because, you know, again, as a person coming from and grew up in a demotivated place, kind of being this pioneer, even for myself, a lot of times I'm really just figuring all of this out by myself. And the only two things yeah. I feel like I have that are valuable is that I'm a nice person. I'm a people person. I love to get to know others and I'm really technically skilled. So that's my default. That's, that is like Kiana, you're surviving. That's the survival tactics of like, these are the two things that I think will help me get through where the thriving mm. tactics is that I'm a leader and that I am outspoken and that I can motivate and that I can empower and that I do care about our next generation of leaders, right? So with all that being said, in the moments of sadness, in the moments of loss, it was just so great to just have this accountability partner, which honestly, that's what you were for me, to just say, mm. here's the good, bad, ugly, and indifferent of where I am 
But then here's the possibilities that I'm thinking about. What do you think about that? I need help. Yeah. Help me, friends. And you were there for me for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. I mean, I, 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 I encourage people that are listening that may be in this exact state, right, of in between, right? You know, both Kiana and I here talking Mm -hmm. now, we've both been through layoffs, right? Um, And every time that experience is so sorrowful and also so sacred in a way. And to to have a friend, a companion, accountability partner, and, and just, you know, just to share with folks like what that looked like for me and for you, Kiana, was yeah. Oftentimes yes. I'd find myself on long walks, right? And I'd I'd pull up yeah. my phone and I'd open up the just the, the the voice notes app, right? Um and we would share voice notes back and forth. And yeah, the great yeah. the great thing is it was like this timeless container. Like there was never an expiration date. We could oh. have that thing where it'd pop up and if it was a long message and we wanted to listen to it again, we hit that little keep button and we play it a few times yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. And it was just what we needed in the most unstructured, but reclaim your power kind of way. And that's right. That's not in a book that doesn't exist somewhere. There's no textbook for how to do this, for, for how to walk through sorrow and grief and loss and possibility and new chapters. And I just really appreciate the fact that you let me be that for you and you let you be that for me. You know, we were only a few months apart in terms of where we were in that journey. And I never felt like I was alone in it. That's the big piece. That's the big piece. And it it is hard because you're trying to figure out how can I not feel alone in this, right? Because once that happens, there's still people that are there that you're still very connected to who don't understand quite the experience. And it might be a little difficult or even fearful to even approach on on both ends, right? Um, And then it's a level, right? Like I I had built a a little community of us uh, that were, you know, sort of going through this this triumphant period, as I call it. And Mm. many folks felt embarrassed and this is not for those of for those of you who are out there and this is a current story this is not a moment of embarrassment if anything this is a moment of probably your conviction showing front and center because sometimes mm-hmm. again life is not as sequential as we think it is but sometimes the greatest opportunities come out when you not only least expect it, but it comes when you feel the most uncomfortable. And I really had to figure that out for myself. And what I mean by that is, let me take that back to my transition. If I tell myself the greatest opportunities come when I'm sometimes the most uncomfortable, when I had to change my name, that was one of the most uncomfortable experiences I ever had to go through in my life. When I had to change my gender marker on my identification, that was the most uncomfortable situation that I had to go through in my life because I'm sitting there in front of folks and having to affirm myself many times (laughs) in order to do this. The lack of understanding was there. The questioning was there, right? But I knew on the other side of that, I saw such a greater potential for myself. 
So if I go back to that Kiana of last summer, it unlocked all the curiosity of what my life can now become. I, like something just activated in me. And I remember we were talking, I mean, I had a spreadsheet and I was like, I'm doing this and I'll talk to this person and I'm doing this. And I, I sent this person a, 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 a presentation on what I'm gonna do. I, it just unlocked this fire that has been dormant for almost like three years because I got comfortable. Mm. I was comfortable and I played to what I needed to, to almost in a way assimilate. That completely got dispelled because at that point, Miss Kiana Sanders, who went from violinist to data science masters, that unlocked. It was like, all right, I need to get curious. I need to get smart. And I need to figure out how do I get and re, how do I repurpose myself to reevaluate, reevaluate my new environment? How do I do that? That's what unlocked. And I, I got real uncomfortable. And I'm grateful for where I am today, but I had to really sit in that discomfort and strategize what can I do? to get to that new environment. Beautiful. Gosh, so beautiful. I I think there's so much that every time we talk and you know this cuz we we have the we have the luxury of talking quite a bit and I <laughs> and I adore that. I just yes. find so much yes, invigorated inspiration from from you and your story and your your purposeful pursuit. I mean, you, you just keep going. You're like, okay, got that. Let's try that. Didn't know yes. about that. Thank you yes. for this. Yes. I'm going to take that in. Yes. I'm going to learn. And it, it gives me so yeah. much joy to know how many people are going to, at some point in their life, yeah. come across your path. And I'm so sorry. And I'm getting like emotional. It's okay. I'm getting emotional because the way, the reason why I'm like that is because society tells me I'm not supposed to be here. You look up media and you see a trans, you know, woman of color dying or being assassinated. You see it so much. And so I get so emotional when we get into this topic because if I'm being told I'm not supposed to be here, then I have to steer that narrative. I have to be the change I want to see. And so if I got to do that, I got to learn it better than anyone else. If I got to know this topic, I got to know it better than anyone else because it's not just for me. It's for others in my community who never get a chance to see what abundance looks like. They have to live in fear every single day, right? And fear of not even the right things. It's like fear of survival. You know, how do we get you into fear of how can I thrive in this environment? Because that's a different kind of fear. Yeah. Right. And so that that's why I leave with so much conviction every day, because not only have I done it right. And that's in the past. And I don't get stuck in my glories of all the things that I've done, but I'm more in the glory of what is the legacy that I want to leave. And so I keep pushing and yeah. I keep trying and I keep going because guess what? If you can find the right environment, somebody's going to listen. And somebody is going to give you an opportunity. If you just keep trying, yeah. don't diminish your voice. So this is really going for everyone out there who is going through, you know, a layoff or they're trying to figure out who they are and, and things of that nature, right? Like keep going and keep pushing because eventually somebody is going to give you an opportunity. And I remember moving yeah. here to Chicago. I didn't have any friends, right? I, I was mm -hmm. starting a new job and... You know, I was 
I, I told myself, wow, I can see myself being celebrated here because there's just so many data jobs. There wasn't many data jobs at the time in Michigan, comparatively, right? And so I had to relocate my mind. I had to relocate my body. Okay, Boston University is way on the East Coast. I got to relocate and go there, right? I mean, I, I've just been on this journey of just self-discovery and rediscovering, rebranding myself, right? And just never losing that momentum. Don't lose the momentum of who you are. You know, a company, a yeah. person, an environment, they might lose momentum, but don't lose momentum of who you are because you can you can always reiterate who you are, always. And I am just so grateful that you are here. I am so grateful that in this case, society is not winning, right? Because to your point, there's all these <laughs> things out there that say, you're not you're not supposed to have won. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed yes. to be thriving. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be. I unsubscribe from all of that. And I stand in the conviction of you are here for a beautiful, bountiful reason. And you're just getting started. And I want to thank you for literally allowing me to see you in that first instant when we met in the hallways of a corporate building. <laughs> And you yep. saw all of me and I saw all of you in the most mysterious way. And it has never waned since. And I am grateful for your inspiration, your presence, your laughter, your music, your data, your, you know, your curiosity. Um, many of us don't realize the power of having that in our lives. And it's been like that since day one, day zero <laughs> for us. I and mean, really, I just celebrate it's magnetic. You. I appreciate that. I celebrate you too. I, I love our relationship. I'm so grateful to be in community and to have, you know, not only a, a friend and confidant, but a, a life advisor <laughs> in many sorts, right? You know, it, it's it's hard. And finding that in your life of just life advisors and people that you could just really lean on in moments of you know, pure humility, pure, you know, this is my most authentic human self right now coming to you. And this is what I do know. This is what I don't. What do you think? How can I help? How can you help? Mm -hmm. Like th those moments really, really matter. And so I'm just so gracious and grateful to have you in my corner. Absolutely. Thank you for telling your story. Thank you for giving power to the words like legacy and curiosity and possibility yes. and Boolean operators. <laughs> yeah, Boolean operators. <laughs> um, yes, yes. I want to I want to uh, wrap up here with um, with a question of what are you most looking forward to? You know, 2024 is already on its way and it's already pretty bumpy, right? We're already seeing the numbers of layoffs at this part of the year have exceeded what last year's was, which is pretty scary. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. So, so, so what is Kiana looking forward to look forward to in 2024? And where are you seeking your sources of inspiration right now? If you could just share that a little bit um, as we close out, because I think this is going to be such a powerful episode for so many people. And they're going to wonder that they're going to be like, okay, I want to jump into Kiana's <laughs> eyes just for a moment, just for a moment and see what she's seeing. 
I am most excited about community, mm. period. I'm just so fired up. I am on my convicted path and journey about being a visible voice in the community. That is what I'm most excited about. And I just get so excited when I see youth being able to see an example or to see a younger consultant see an example. I just had a one-on-one yesterday where they said, wow, I never thought about data. Now I want to think about that. Or wow, you were able to be this and be successful. That 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 is the service, right? Six, again, Lisa Nichols here. Success is on the other side of service. That yeah. is what I really serve. Like I am of a service mindset, but that is how I'm really serving the community. Like being able to just share and be who I am and being able to inspire, be able to unlock greater curiosity of others and of the next generation. It really just it ignites me. It really does. So I look forward to doing that more. Um, I will be at Out and Equal this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I am trying to see if I can also go to like Grace Hopper. And I'm also excited to think about going to Out and Undergrad or Out for Undergrad. Um, You know, so just being able to do this work in so many different pockets and then double clicking and getting in to more authentic ways to do this. I've been in really good partnership with Michigan State University, my alma mater. And I got into a really interesting discussion because I was in the Honors College when I was there. And I said, you know, there's a, a, a path, right, to where I am today, but I took the unconventional path, but that doesn't make me any less qualified. How do we get more liberal mm-hmm. arts to think about consulting or technology? And how do we actually authentically grant opportunities for that? Because again, at the time when I went into, you know, college and all those things, I went where I felt celebrated, which was music. And nothing's wrong with that. But, you know, a lot of opportunities were severed based on what I majored in at the time. And that's just the taxonomy of, you know, where at the time and at the university that I was at. It's different at every university, of course. But um, but how do we just unlock potential? Right. So, yeah, if I were to wrap 2024 into what I'm most excited about, how are we unlocking potential, not only for ourselves, but unlocking potential for others? And that really starts with sharing and being a bit more human in all the interactions that we have day to day. Beautifully said. I, I, I could not have put a finer bow on it and then, than you just did. Um, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for... Thank you. Reminding us of things like success comes from service, right? Convenience and conviction don't live on the same street. Um, and the importance of and, not not comma and versus comma but. Uh, I really appreciate mm-hmm. you and your generosity of time. And I know, I already know the world is going to be changed by those that listen to this story. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone.